630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. And now you've got Kajula looking for the activating nurse. He's got him to win it. Nurse shoots and scores. Raleigh takes the step, settles into the pocket. He's got some time. Now he's going deep, looking down the sidelines. Oh, what a catch! And that's going to be a touchdown all the way to the end zone for Darrell Walker. An absolute bomb. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6:30, Chad. Greatest words you could say in sports. The preseason is over. And it's opening night, baby, in the National Hockey League. Whenever you can say the preseason is over in any league, it's good. Preseason is a necessary evil. I don't even know if it's evil, but it's just it's hard to get through. I'm sure it's hard for the the the, the teams and the players to get through in any sport. And the Oilers got through it today. It is opening night around the National Hockey League. Like, oh, let's say in Washington. I think you have to allow yourself to enjoy what you're going through because it's something that's extremely special and um, that, that uh, only one team in the league is fortunate to be doing. So we want to make sure we enjoy that and savor that. And that is Capitals head coach Todd Reardon talking about the Capitals raising the banner, signifying their Stanley Cup championship prior to tonight's home opener against the Boston Bruins. And what a start for the Capitals. And uh, we'll get to that in a moment. It's Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins. We'll hear from Reed in a moment, however. Uh, Reed up very early this morning uh, for a uh, 7 a.m. pregame show. Yeah, in the uh, 8 o'clock start in Cologne, Germany, as the Oilers with a 4 3 win over the Cologne Sharks. They finished the preseason at 7 and 1. What does it mean? Well,. It means there might be some optimism, but until you start playing the games for real, um, you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt. But it's better than them going 1-7 and seven and everyone asking, well, what's wrong? What's wrong with the team? Even though that might not mean very much as well. But a 7-1 and one record, you'll take. And they'll uh, take that record. Well, they'll take it, leave it. And uh, they're 0 0 0 and 0 as they head to uh, now Gothenburg, Sweden, and they'll take on the New Jersey Devils on Saturday morning. A uh, little more uh, conventional start time for a game uh, on a Saturday or a Sunday. Uh, the Oilers have played the odd afternoon game out east, of course, and at home, and this will be a 9 30 start uh, as far as the faceoff show right here on 6 30. Chad, 11 o'clock will be the puck drop in Gothenburg, Sweden between the Edmonton Oilers and the New Jersey Devils. What else is going on? Well, as I mentioned, it's night one of regular season play in the National Hockey League. We'll get you uh, some scores in a moment. We got uh, the Edmonton Eskimos back on the field today as they are preparing for a big game. They're all big. It's football, so they're all big. But when you get to October, uh, definitely they are huge games, especially when you're in the, in the situation of the Edmonton Eskimos. 7-7 seven and seven in the crossover position in the Eastern Division. Two points back of second place, which is held by the Riders. They're at 9-5. and five, So a win by the Eskimos can make that a little bit more interesting, the race for second in a home playoff game. But, you know, it's going to be tough. But the Eskimos need wins regardless. It doesn't matter about where they finish at this point. They just got to win to make 
make sure that they're in. And then after that, all bets are off, right? But they're they're in Regina, as I mentioned, on Thanksgiving Monday. It's a noon countdown to kick off with Morley, myself, Blake Dermott as well uh, from Mosaic Stadium in Regina. Two o'clock is the kickoff. And we'll hear from uh, Mike Riley. We'll hear from Jason Moss. Also, Ryan King, the Eskimos' longtime long snapper, who played one his 100th game in that uh, uh, debacle, 30-3 to loss to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers last Saturday. American League wild card going on uh, in moments from now. I believe just underway in Yankee Stadium. The Yankees taking on the Oakland A's yesterday. The Colorado Rockies beat the Chicago Cubs in 13 innings. They advanced to the National League Division Series. So uh, we got lots to talk about. You can text in at 630-630. You can call in at 780-496-0063. But first... The Oilers with a 4-3 win over the Cologne Sharks. Blind pass, picked off, dry settle in front. Reader, backhander, score! Plenty of ice in the high slot. Slap pass, redirected in front, score! Panowski, a beautiful look, and it's polished off. Cologne has tied this game at one. And Connor McDavid now racing down the right-hand side for Lucic. Back to McDavid in front. Lucic scores! Beautiful give and go, and at one end, Jones hits the post with Koskinen down and out, and at the other, McDavid feeds Milan Lucic for the go-ahead goal. Back to Reader, one-timer, what a save made by Weitzman. A tremendous stop on his countrymen. Juggled by Strom, and now it's going to be a breakaway for Hanowski. He's in on net. He shoots, and a save made by Koskinen. No penalty taken there. Hanowski was not happy about the non-call. Here's Fool faking the shot. Morgan Ellis fires, save made by Koskinen. Rebound, score! Moritz Muller, the captain, has tied the game at two with 15.02 to play. It's sent in deep by the Oilers. Loose in the corner, snagged by Connor McDavid. Benning. Here's Darnell Nurse. Shot redirected home by Ty Ratty and the Oilers right back in front, three to two, and Ratty to go. Akison in front of Jones. Rich shot score. This game is tied. Ben Hanowski. 3-0 with 7.22 to play. Winds up in the far corner. Sharks will recover a loose stick. Bear. What a chip by Ryan Strom to win it. Off a setup from Ethan Bear. And the Oilers prevail. 4-3 in overtime. Ryan Strom wins it. There is the call from Jack Michaels. The Oilers Radio Network, Chris Bob Stoffer there as well uh, in Cologne, and what a what an atmosphere as well with the uh, with the uh, home side cheering on the Sharks, and of course a lot of support for the Oilers, Leon Draisaitl and uh, Tobias Reeder, mostly for Draisaitl. <laughs> However, he's the big he's the big uh, star uh, as far as uh, the Cologne fans. I guess of course Cologne's his hometown. His father Peter coaches the Sharks, so uh, very good performance by him today as well. Uh, Tom McClellan. His thoughts in the game. You know, when when these events come up, you're, oh, do we have to go all the way to Europe? And then once you get here, uh, it ends up being a great thing for our team. Uh, I'm sure it's great for the community here in Cologne and, and their club. Uh, but just the atmosphere in the stands, the uh, uh, the different emotion in the stands that maybe we don't uh, experience as much at home with the singing and and that type of stuff was uh, a great experience for our players to, to go through. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I'm sure they'll get... Uh, 
similar reaction, perhaps. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure what the atmosphere will be like in Gothenburg, Sweden, um, but you might have uh, similar reactions. Of course, you got uh, Adam Larson, who um, is uh, on the Oilers. Uh, he's from Sweden, so you might get some uh, you might get some love there as well from the Swedish fans. But um, today. Uh, you know, you saw the power play click a little bit, even though they, they couldn't really get, uh, you know, as far as their setup goes. And we'll uh, hear from Reed in a moment about that, um, about they got to go off the rush, but as far as the setup goes and the, what they want to do, um, you know, maybe that needs a little bit of work. Of course, the, <laughs> there's a lot of, let's feed Dreisaitl, let's feed Dreisaitl. Let's feed Dreisaitl. I don't think you're going to get that when the uh, regular season starts, uh, unless you know that option is there. So um, the concern maybe might be uh, the play of Koskinen, who uh, looked good on a couple of saves, but there was a couple goals where you go, oh, that's a bit of cause for concern. Um, Ethan Bear, the great pass to uh, Ryan Strom uh, for the winner in overtime. That was a standout, no doubt about it. But as I mentioned, uh, night one of the National Hockey League in Toronto, the debut of one John Tavares. And uh, right now, it's 1-1 in the second period of play. Arturi Lekkonen for the um, Canadians. Austin Matthews, power play goal for the Leafs. I mentioned those uh, Washington Capitals. They're off to a great start. 2-0 in the first period over the Boston Bruins. TJ Ozzy and uh, getting Kuznetsov with the goal. Uh, Kuznetsov's goal coming on the power play. By the way, uh, Tom Wilson suspended 20 games for a hit in the uh, final preseason game. The Capitals against the uh, um, St. Louis Blues. 20 games. Maybe he'll get it now. Maybe. I have no idea. But uh, if he doesn't get it, I don't know when he'll get it. Um, also, uh, later on today, the San Jose Sharks at home to the Anaheim Ducks. As I mentioned, uh, the uh, Major League Baseball American League wild card on right now. The uh, New York Yankees at home to the Oakland Athletics. Oh, should mention the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings at home tonight against the Saskatoon Blades in Western Hockey League play. 5-0 and start for the Oil Kings. They're ranked fifth in the country right now. Will that last? Don't know. And by the way, Kelowna, Kelowna Rockets awarded the 2020 Memorial Cup. So uh, great news for that community. It's 6.15. Take a break. When we come back, we'll hear from Reed Wilkins, who uh, we uh, look back at uh, the 4-3 overtime win by the Oilers over the Sharks. That and much more coming up on Inside Sports. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. 620, speaking of Reed, he joins us now as he was up very early this morning for a uh, 7 a.m. pregame show, 8 o'clock in the morning start, Oilers and Sharks. Uh, Reed, uh, well, it's not every day you start a uh, hockey broadcast at 7 a.m. This was different. This was different of puck dropping at 8 a.m. Mountain Time. And it was 4 o'clock in Cologne. It's German Unity Day, so it was a holiday. So they played a, a late matinee game. Oh, so it was, it the was pretty cool. spoiled German Unity Day. <laughs> well, it was it was pretty cool to, to see the game and see the crowd and people jumping up and down and some of the chanting and yelling, you know, Dreisaitl's last name. Like they yell the last names of the players when they're announced. So <laughs> that that vibe was all pretty neat to, to see a game played in a, in a different environment than in the NHL, and I had Rob Brown on with me this morning, and he just attended a, an English 
Premier League game between Liverpool and Chelsea. Right. And the fans can't sit in the same section. I mean, the visiting fans get their own section. They leave the stadium at a different time because they, they don't want to risk any any violence after games, which unfortunately, you know, notably in England, there ha- there has been. And Ryan Jones referenced that in Germany too. The visiting supporters section get a, a, a section. It's not just like, well, you get block of tickets or you get your own yeah. tickets and you're and you're scattered you get placed all together so that can sometimes lead to the to the chanting back and forth i think i think the oilers fans did a pretty good job making sure they were they were heard today i i don't know if we'll ever quite get to that uh in in north america i think i think canadian <laughs> sometimes i feel like canadian hockey fans attend games more to be critics than than had to have a good time uh, but, <laughs> yes uh, but uh it, it was it was it was pretty good and the oilers first goal was the was the German connection? Dreisaitl got a turnover and sent it down to Reader, and he was able to finish. That was a neat moment. Yeah, for sure. And, and just just another point on the on the fans and how they're so boisterous in Europe. That's just I think that's more of a European thing, mm-hmm. and maybe a soccer thing that they bring the soccer fandom in, into other sports as well. And you're right. I mean, Canadian hockey fans especially are more likely have their arms folded and say. Give me something to cheer about, right. unless it's the playoffs and <laughs> you're just excited anyway. So, um, yeah, obviously the German connection was uh, a real big focus of this game uh, uh, with Leon Dreisaitl especially, uh, playing the uh, team coached by his father, Peter. Yep. Um, <laughs> and it did seem like the Oilers were really trying to set up uh, <laughs> well, Dreisaitl you know in the first period. You know what, Dave? I, I, you know, it's, it's the, the preseason games... There's there's a lot that you you don't pay too much attention to, mm-hmm. but I was paying attention to the Oilers' power play because they are going with the five left shots on the first unit. Lucic is going to be positioned in front of the net. He did score a goal earlier where Dreisaitl drilled him a pass and he knocked it in. And, and they did score they did score power play goals. They they scored more than an average more than a goal per game on the power play. They didn't score a lot off the setup. Yeah. So there's enough of a storyline there for me to maybe be mildly concerned. You know, again, three weeks from now, maybe it'll be nothing, or maybe we'll say, like, oh, yeah, we saw signs of that even in the preseason. Right. They didn't do a great job scoring off the setup or generating a lot of chances off the setup, especially that first unit. Yeah. And then today, they, especially earlier in the game, they, they clearly wanted to get Lee on a goal. I mean, the the overpassing was to the extreme. It's like, okay, okay, this guy can shoot. No, oh, no. And then trying to get the puck to Leon and, and trying to get a pretty goal. So, you know, I, I get that. You know, it's it was no disrespect to Reader, but it was more Dreisaitl's game than Reader. Yeah. He's the better player. Plus, it was actually his hometown, right? Yeah. So I, I hope that doesn't become a nagging storyline into the regular season, that it's, yeah. again, a power play that's overpassing the puck. I hope the... I hope the players are flexible to change some of their passing mindset ways, and I hope the coaches are are flexible that if they need to change the personnel, they'll change the personnel. That if they say, okay, this needs a right shot, it's not working with the five lefties, you know, we, mm-hmm. we need somebody here. I, I, I hope that that they are a little more, because I, I think there was some stubbornness last year from players and coaches. 
that led to the power play being in, in last place. So I, I hope that doesn't become a storyline going into the season. Today it was, I mean, it was almost comical at times how many times they were trying to pass it to get it to Leon. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> this will never happen again. <laughs> hopefully right. hopefully not, because only one game in Cologne, Germany, that's you know probably a good thing. Right. Um, <laughs> even though today was pretty cool. So we're joined by uh, the host of Inside Sports, uh, Reed Wilkins, with the guest host of Inside Sports, uh, Dave Campbell, here on uh, 630 Ched. What I find interesting is... Milan Lucic scored, Ty Ratty scored, Ryan Strom got the winner in overtime, Miko Koskinen got the winning goal. Those are four players that definitely people are going to be watching. Not just those four, but uh, definitely there's a lot of what-ifs with this hockey club, and I think those are in the what-if, those players are in the what-if category. Well, Lucic got the power play goal. Again, it wasn't off a traditional setup. It was more off the rush, but he went to the net and, and finished a chance. Um we talked about Reader's goal off a turnover. He's able to finish off a pass from Dry Seidel. Uh Strom, really nice tip. What I what I liked more about the Strom goal was the one touch pass from Bear. Mm-hmm. And you know, you talk about playing quick, playing fast. Well, that's one way to do it. Move the puck, see the passing lane, get it to the guy, make a confident play. And then Strom didn't fool around with it. He just knifed it in. The Ratty goal, and again, the encouraging thing there is. He, you know, Rob and I, we talked about it a bit on air and we talked about it off air when he first scored, is that sometimes, even the, in the brief time we've seen him, Raddy has scored those goals where you say, oh, well, he got a bit of a bounce. He got a little, got a little lucky. Right. If it keeps happening, after a while, it's not luck. <laughs> and how is that happening? It's because he puts himself and or the puck into the scoring areas. Right. Kind of, kind of the same attitude Yamamoto ha- right. has. And today... Nurse's point shot deflects off the skate of a defenseman in front, right under Raddy's stick, and he taps it and, you know, basically shoots it into the open side. Okay, did he get a bounce? Sure. If he's not cruising the front of the net, he, he doesn't get that opportunity. Right. So that's the interesting thing for him. His shooting percentage is insane, like around 45% for the preseason. <laughs> Can't, that's not going to last in the regular season, but maybe he can have bursts like that. Maybe he's going to be a guy that that is smart enough to get himself high, uh, you know, high percentage shots, and right. maybe he can have an above average shooting percentage. So that that's what I watched for from him. Koskinen didn't do anything to quell my worries, um, mm-hmm. or whatever you want, whatever the right word is. Um, good passing play on the first. Here's the thing about Koskinen: the the, the second goal that Cologne scored today. Is, is the kind that concerned me. Now, yes, Cologne had some pressure. You know, they came out energized in the third period. Hey, we're still within a goal. Mm-hmm. They they had a goal mouth scramble, and the uh, Mueller got that goal. He kind of turned and shot it from relatively close range. Right. Fair enough. H- high shooting area of the ice, quality shot. Yep. But the shot itself went through Koskinen. It kind of looked like it went through his you know, maybe between his wrist and his hip as he was down in the butterfly because it lost some steam and then got over the goal line. Mm-hmm. And that's what worries me about Koskinen is that the pucks seem to find holes on him as opposed to going harmlessly to the corner or getting absorbed. Like when Talbot's on his game, it, it looks like every shot's hitting him on the logo and he's just smothering it. Right. So there you go. There's uh, Reed Wilkin, the uh, host of this show. He'll be back tomorrow night, and he'll be back on Friday night. Then he'll be back here Saturday morning at 9.30 for the pregame show, the uh, City Ford Faceoff show, as the Oilers open up the season in Gothenburg, Sweden, against the New Jersey Devils at 11 a.m. right here on 6.30 Chad. News is next from the 6.30 Chad 24-hour news center with Cassandra Jules-Ryan. When we uh, come back... 
Fortnite. Hmm, the game that's causing all kinds of controversy. Well, you know the Canucks players have banned it on the road. We'll talk with uh, we'll talk about that with Andrew Walker from Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver. They have a, a game tonight against the Calgary Flames. That and more as it's Campbell in for Wilkins on this Wednesday evening edition of Inside Sports. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. 6.35, Campbell in for Wilkins on the Wednesday evening edition of 6.30 Chad Inside Sports. Reed will be back here tomorrow. He was uh, up early today as uh, the Oilers took on the Cologne Sharks at 8 a.m. And the Oilers win by a score of 4-3. Ryan Strom with the winner in overtime. Nice pass from Ethan Bear. Uh, Strom talking about how the team... Just trying to work on their system play. Yeah, it's just a different game. I think we, uh, you know, you try to execute the systems that we use, but it's just so different. And um, I think, as you can see, Connor and Leon and those guys, they they're so good one on one in North America, and then they beat a guy here, and there's so much ice. Like guys can recover, and it's just completely different. It's tough to execute what we uh, what we're used to, but it was a great experience. And um, credit to them and the fans. It was a fantastic game, and uh, one of one of my favorite hockey memories today for sure. It was a lot of fun. Another factor: playing on the bigger ice surface. Legs are a little tired, so they should be in good shape for the first regular season game but uh, like I said good experience a lot of fun um, you know it's great for the game and uh, great to see how much they uh, love their team here and it was the like I said it was a great time so it is opening night in the National Hockey League as well as uh, we give you a scoreboard update still 1-1 uh, the Montreal Canadiens and the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs they're in the uh, second period of play with uh, under 10 minutes left Capitals at the end of the first period of play they raise the Stanley Cup banner they're up 2-0 on the Bruins and the Vancouver Canucks are at home to the Calgary Flames the other late game tonight is in San Jose as the Sharks take on the Anaheim Ducks but yeah the uh, Flames in Vancouver to play the Canucks, and we're glad to be joined by a uh, friend of the show, I will I will call him, uh, Andrew Walker from uh, Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver. Nice to have you back on the show, Walks, and uh, hey, happy opening night to you. Uh, always great to be uh, in, uh, on 630 in, in Edmonton. Yeah, happy opening night to, to you too. Have the Leafs won the Stanley Cup yet? That, uh, uh, well, apparently they already did. I mean, we had Joe Bowen on our show last <laughs> night from uh, from the Fan 590, oh, and we retold him, you know, hey, EA Sports is already simulated that the uh, Leafs have won the Stanley Cup. So I don't know what Joe or anyone else is going to do because the season's already been determined. So why are we playing tonight? <laughs> well, you, you know how uh, this is one of the most annoying things in sports is when a team finally like breaks a curse and wins the Stanley Cup after 20, 30, 40 years. And then like the second they win it, they're talking about doing it again next year. Like they never enjoy the moment. So like that's where, that's where Joe Bowen is. He's already talking about the repeat of the Stanley Cup. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a luxury we all could wish we could have, right, around the National Hockey League. But uh... Yeah, I, I, I will say this, though, about, about the Leafs. It's like it's we are living in a world that we've never lived in before, Dave. Like think when, because I, I get it, right, the rest of the country, you know, we, we dread the Maple Leafs actually being good and, and their overzealous fan base actually having something to crow about. The last time the Leafs were a Stanley Cup contender, a legit Stanley Cup contender, it was probably the early part of the century. Yep. And, uh, and you know, the, the Matt Sundin, Darcy Tucker, Curtis Joseph Leafs, and there was no Twitter. There was no Facebook. There was no Instagram. There, were, there was no, um, you know, 
12 games on Hockey Night in Canada on Saturday. Like, it was a different media world we were living in. So, like the Leafs are, I, like, I hate to say it sometimes, but they are a legit contender. And, and, and like, we're going to be living in this world where it's unforeseen hype and uh, to the likes of which we've never seen. I don't know what it's going to look like, Dave. Yeah, no no question. That's a good point, Andrew. So what you're saying, too, is the, the center of the universe known as Toronto, Ontario, Canada is going to get more annoying, and Leaf fans might get a bit, a bit more annoying. They sound like Ryder fans. It's going to get more annoying. You're right. <laughs> uh, and I am a Ryder fan, Bobier Saskatchewan, and and, uh, and the Riders are winning the Great Cup this year. So. Oh, okay. Well, so, there you go. There yeah, you go. it could be. You, you know how it is. Yeah, I understand that. And, and Ryder fans, I love you. I, I think out of, uh, <laughs> besides Eskimo fans, I think that the second largest fan base in the CFL that follows me on Twitter is, is Ryder fans. And I'm looking forward to heading there uh, on the weekend and a big game coming up on Monday between the Eskimos and the Riders. So anyway, but we're... Well, t- we're, we're looking forward to having you, Dave. Yeah, I'm sure you are. Sure you are. Yeah, <laughs> kind, of, kind of see the wounded animals limping into Mosaic Stadium. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Of course, the Lions got a big game uh, uh, the night before, or two nights before, uh, at home to the Toronto Argos. So um, the Eskimos will become big, big uh, Argo fans. Uh, um, we'll see what happens there. But uh, Andrew Walker joins us from the uh, Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver. It's opening night. I know the Canucks are uh, uh, taking on the Calgary Flames tonight. Uh, the Flames, there's a lot of expectation that they could be up there in the division, uh, possibly a division leader. Uh, definitely, you know, more talk about them being a playoff team. When you look at the Canucks, and, and they got ravaged by injuries last year big time. I mean, when Brock Besser was healthy and, and a bunch of other players were healthy, they were actually very competitive. And when they all went out with injury, the Canucks seemed to be easy prey. But is that where it comes down to you for you, Andrew, is if they can stay healthy, they might have a shot? Uh, no, uh, it, it, <laughs> there, it doesn't come down to that. I, I think um, I think if they stay healthy and a lot of things go their way, I think they can finish in 31st place and be kind of happy with their progress. Right. Um, if if they if the injuries do mount up and you have a couple of players that underperform, I know you know Brock Besser had a difficult preseason. He should be fine, but better players than Brock Besser have taken a while to get going in their second season. If things actually go badly for this team, I, I really think we're going to be looking at, at one of the, the worst teams we've seen in the NHL in the last 20, 25 years. I, like, I'm, I'm not one to buy into a preseason too much, but there was something about this Canucks preseason and, and life without the Sedins and the young players not really making a push in training camp outside of Elias Pettersson, who should be exciting. They scored five even-strength goals in, in, in seven preseason games. So, I, listen, I, I'm worried about it. Uh, I know that the silver lining is maybe you take a, a real good shot at Jack Hughes at first overall next year. But if you thought last year was difficult for Vancouver, um, I don't have great feelings about this year. I, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be tough. I, I really do. Yeah, I think you mentioned it too that you know the Sedins. I think we all felt that it was going to be a big void uh, in that locker room, and maybe it's bigger than than people anticipated. Well, I, and and even just and they weren't great last year, right? Like they retired for a reason, but they each had fifty points. And Thomas Vanek, say what you want about him, but you know he was a fifty-point player for this team. And that offense just was not replaced. Um, you know, in comes, in comes Patterson, who should be a Calder candidate. But what are we looking at? 45, 
50 points max if he has a if he has a, a good year. You have sure. Bo Horvat, you have Brock Besser, and in terms of building your core, that's all we know, right? There's been a lot of guys that they hope can kind of take a step and be part of the solution, but I, I imagine it's frustrating for Jim Benning and and Travis Green and company because there's there's not very many guys that have elevated themselves to the point where, hey, I'm part of the solution, not the problem here. Yeah, no doubt. Andrew Walker joins us from the uh, from Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver. We're talking about uh, opening night around the National Hockey League of the Canucks in action tonight. Third home to the Calgary Flames. If this was a road game, Andrew, uh, Canucks players would not be playing any video games, especially Fortnite. And, and this has caused a lot of discussion around the National Hockey League and I think around sports in general when it comes to athletes and, and how they conduct themselves on the road and how they conduct themselves maybe away from from the rink or the playing field, whatever it is. Um, and I know there's a lot of discussion today. Uh, Travis Green, the head coach, talked about it. I saw some quotes about Jake Furtanen and, and even Patrick Liney of the Winnipeg Jets, uh, you know, throwing some barbs uh, at the Canucks saying, well, maybe that's why they, you know, they're finding excuses why they struggled and I play Fortnite and I'm fine. Um, what's interesting about this too, Andrew, is that this wasn't a management decision for the the Canucks to not play or, or to put a ban on Fortnite and video games. It was the players and I, I think if it was a management decision this is a debate that rages and I think because the players did it it's more like well that's interesting um, there's still a discussion here but it takes a different tone uh, about about how players police themselves on the road I guess 100% and I, I I've, I've kind of laughed at it I like I, I don't quite understand um, why it creates such a uh, you know, such a, a talking point where people get so fired up about it. Um, I, I think that, and I'm, I don't pretend to, I, I've never been a gamer. I don't pretend to understand the nuances of, of Fortnite, but I do know, know this, you know, it's 2018 and, and games like this, like they are designed to be addictive. Yep. And like the one, the one argument that I hate listening to is when people say, well, well, it's better than, doing drugs it's better than being in the bars i don't like it doesn't have to be one thing or the other it's a it, i would never sit here and say the Canucks should ban video games like do what you want but if the players themselves get together and decide hey like we foresee this because we're a young team and we got some guys that are too invested like uh we foresee this maybe being an issue so we're going to take it upon ourselves to to kind of put a ban on it now i don't know if i'd advertise that because it, it kind of creates the firestorm but if i'm a fan of a team and I want my, my guys to go out there and win games. I'm a fan. I say, okay, good. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't march up and down West Georgia Street demanding that you ban Fortnite. But if, you, but if you decide to do it amongst yourselves, like, good. I'm all for it. And, yes, anything can be bad. Staying up too late, binge-watching, Netflix can be too bad. Like, I, 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 we've all been there, right? Drugs, alcohol, women, it can all be bad and everything in moderation. I, I get it. But I don't think that people quite understand. Um, like, these guys are millionaire professional hockey players. I, like, I don't want them lugging their consoles on the road. Like, it's not junior hockey. Give me a break. And the, the NHL, the modern NHL player has changed. The modern junior player has changed. So, I mean, I again, I would never, I would never demand as a radio host where they need to ban Fortnite. But when I learn they do, I applaud it. Yeah, it just shows you that, that teams are looking at it and saying hey let's maximize 
our rest time. Let's maximize our downtime, but let's make sure we're not staying up till two in the morning and when we got a game the next day, because are you going to be at your maximum level? But, you know, some people may want to dismiss it, but the fact that teams are having the discussion about it, it seems kind of silly. It's a video game, but you play enough video games and like you say you play enough you can you can binge watch binge watch netflix until you're you know blue in the face till three in the morning so but yeah. this is more of a maximization of your sleep and of your performance and well like, this is like part of it. what if what what if um a, a team came out you know the florida panthers and said hey like you know what guys like going to casinos on the road on our team we have a bunch of card sharks card sharks and we like going out and and, and gambling and and spending our off days maybe after the games. That's yeah. what we like to do. And uh, I'd say, like, okay, well, whatever. Keep it under control. And if the team came out, the players, and said, we love to do this, but we we kind of feel it might become, be becoming a little bit of a distraction, so we're going to not do it. Like, are we upset? Like, are we, like, angry that our team isn't going to casinos? Of course not. Like, it's all the same category, so... Yeah, that's a good point. Andrew, it's opening night. Enjoy this evening. And uh, always happy to have you back on the show. And uh, we'll do it again soon, okay? Always great to be on Edmonton. Yeah, enjoy Saskatchewan, Dave. Thanks. Uh, I will. Andrew Walker from 650 Sportsnet 650 Vancouver. And by the way, John Tavares has his first goal ever as a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs, as the Leafs are up 2-1 to one in that game. So we can spend a few minutes. You can text in at 630-630. What do you think about uh, the Canucks? As a, as a team, and this excludes coaches and managers, they're saying, we're not going to play video games on the road. No Fortnite. Nothing. You can text in 630-630. You can also uh, give me a shout here at uh, 780-496-0063 as it is the Wednesday evening edition of, of Inside Sports. Campbell in for Wilkins. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. The uh, Leafs had their first goal from John Tavares, and then Andrew Shaw says, I'm going to take that joy away for now. He's just tied it up at two late stages of the second period on opening night in the National Hockey League. It is still uh, still 2 nothing. The uh, Washington Capitals over the Boston Bruins are in, into the second period of play. Late games, Canucks at home to the Calgary Flames, the Anaheim Ducks visiting the San Jose Sharks. You can text in at 630-630. Um, banning Fortnite on the road. Texter says, sometimes people that have problems need help with it. I thought that's very big of these young guys to help a brother out. Plus, it forces them to explore cities more. Yeah. And honestly, I think if if this came from management, people are going, well, they're, why are they infringing on the freedom of a player and what he does on his downtime? But the fact that it was from the players and it was their decision collectively, I think it carries more weight. So... And as we were talking with Andrew Walker, you could get distracted by a number of things on the road. It's not just video games. You know, video games for sure. Netflix for sure. Just going out on the town. I mean, some teams have curfews. So you have to be, you have to be in, the, in your room at a certain time. And if you're not, you're in trouble. Some teams don't have curfews. I mean, I remember, you know, traveling with Eskimo teams that didn't have a curfew. I've been with teams that do have a curfew. So... 
right now I'm not, and I don't even know what it is right now with the Eskimos. I have no idea. So, um, but you can get distracted by a lot of things, and and some players they like to go out and explore the city, and there are some players that just want to stay in their hotel room. They just, you know, I'll, I'll go from the airport to the hotel. I'll uh, you know go to meetings in the hotel. I'll go to uh, team functions in the hotel. I'll go out and grab a bite to eat. And then I'll come back and I'll go to the hotel. I mean, just that's just how some players are. Some players go to bed at eight o'clock at night, you know, <laughs> you know, because they they want to maximize their sleep. And we're learning that more and more that I mean, sleep deprivation in sports I mean exists anyway. I mean, in the National Hockey League, they've taken some steps to try and you know to try and curb that. There are restrictions on when you travel back home, and and you can't necessarily travel all night anymore, like you, like you, uh, you know, like you. Uh, it happened all the time in the past, and sometimes it does happen. But you know, hey, the fact that the players got together and said Fortnite's a problem, or could be a problem, video games could be a problem. Let's just put it down. You know, let's not take our gaming consoles with you and you know i mean you can take the nintendo switch i believe and uh playstation had a you know had a portable called the vita i have one and i like taking it on the road as well i mean i usually play madden or play um mlb the show and things like that i don't really play much else to be honest with you i just get enough of that and you know i'm good i'm good for you know the day um you know maybe play a couple games and that's it but yeah i mean i mean when you hear when you hear when you hear stories about young kids playing the game until they pee themselves, that's a bit of a concern. But, you know, video games have been around a long time. Call of Duty is is just as addicting, I, I hear, and um, I've never played it. Uh, Fortnite is very addicting, but video games, period, are very addicting. So if it's a concern to a team, I you know, hey, good on the Canucks to get together and go, let's just not do this, guys. Let's just not do this. Uh, this text comes in. The only worry I would have is that other players who uh, they may add to the roster throughout the year or at the deadline may not agree with the standard around video games, which may create a culture issue on the team. It doesn't need to be a distraction. Some players let it be a distraction. Well, I would say if you're going to let a video game get in the way of your job, that's on you more than the team. That is on you. Another text. Good idea. If you're concentrating on a video game, then your minds are not in the game you're being paid for. And I'm sure some can turn it on and turn it off easily. But the point is, if you're up till all hours of the night, is that a good thing for you as a professional athlete to be maximizing your performance the day before? Mike says, I wonder if the decision was unanimous. Maybe it wasn't. But clearly it was enough to make it... uh, No, was it 50% plus one? I don't know. But... Clearly, there was a buy-in and there was a concern about it. News is next from the 630 Chet 24-Hour News Center. We come back, talk more hockey, talk Eskimos as well. They got back on the field today. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.